Hey, it's John Williams. If your home struggled to stay warm this winter, then you know it's going to be hot this summer. Maybe it's those old leaky windows and doors. Call Next Door and Window, the company we hired. Right now, you'll get buy one, get one 30% off, plus 18 months of interest-free financing. So call 1-800-NEXT-DOOR right now. That's 1-800-NEXT-DOOR or go to 1-800-NEXTDOOR.COM. Podcasts. It's like radio, but it's not on the radio. Hogan Johns. We will be perfect. Obsession. In every aspect of the game. Being obsessed. First down and goal. Howard carries. And carries it into the end zone. What a start for Chicago. First down and goal. Howard is going to pound it in for his second of the day. WGN Radio's very own Adam Ho. I'm Want to lick? And the Chicago Sun-Times, Adam Johns. She got a Monday. That's a five. Bring you Chicago's best Bears coverage. Second and goal. Cohen carries and takes it in. Touchdown, Chicago. That's corner Mugamara in motion. The pass is caught for the two-point conversion. It's Kwiatkowski. Obsession. My, oh, my. Being obsessed. And now. Here they are, Perfection. the Adams, yeah, baby. Hogan Johns. It's my house, and if you don't like it, you get the f*** out. It is our house, it is the Hogan Johns podcast. Back from San Diego for me. Just back. Yeah, literally. It was a long day coming back. Do you know that you were on TV for like a good 10 seconds next to Fitz? Ooh, 10 seconds. That's a, that's an eternity on television. I do know that because many people like yourself <laughs> shared it to the world. Yeah, yes. Our- I, I, I had other shots to share, but I went with the, the bugged out eye look. I thought it yeah. fit the, the moment. Yeah, you just had to pick the most awkward shot. <laughs> Yes, yes. Fair enough. Yes, yes, I did. Yes, I did. Fair enough. You're, you're a television star, my friend. Uh, it was it was fun. What a what a game for Northwestern. Holy, I mean, we we both picked them uh, to to definitely cover that seven point spread, and I felt confident about them winning. But when they're down twenty to three, you don't expect them to force six turnovers and score twenty eight unanswered points in the third quarter. But that was a uh, that was a heck of a game. And what is not a great stadium down there in San Diego. <laughs> what was that? An 82-yard fumble recovery for a touchdown? Did I see that right? It, that's correct. Yeah, oh by Jerry wow. McGee. That's wow, a huge wow, play wow. in that game. Hashtag Go Cats. Yeah. So um, I'm a little tired, but um, you know, because look, it was New Year's Eve. You get back to the hotel 10 o'clock after a game like that. You don't go to bed. You're ringing the new year, right? Um, <laughs> That's why everybody is battling a cold, right. we call it. Well, Fitz, today. Yeah. Fitz <laughs> the, would, media, the media room was full of colds today. Fitz would call it good, clean American fun. I think that's that would be the, the very accurate way to uh, describe last night's celebration. And uh, happy new year to everybody. Um, thanks to Mark Harmon for filling in on Sunday uh, after the, the Bears' victory over the Vikings. A heck of a game. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Our producer is Joe Romano, at Joey Joe Rowe. Ernie Scatton does those opens. WGNRadio.com slash Bears is where you can read me. ChicagoSuntimes.com is where you can read 
Johnsy, uh, a different experience for me watching the game on Sunday. On a beach? Yes. Yes. Oh, oh I feel so sorry for you. Yeah. But, but, but explain your, your, your situation that we yeah, all th- should feel so bad about. Yeah, you know, this, this might be a good time to, to bring back our, our, our uh, new favorite segment that we haven't really done a whole lot, but people uh, love it. It's award-winning. Conversation. 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 So we're trying to figure out a place to watch the game in good old San Diego. I reached out to Pat Finley. Who you work with at the Sun Time because he happened to grow up there. A native San Diegan. Yes. Uh, him and Ron Burgundy. Yes. So. They wear similar suits, I should say, but yes, go on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they do. They do. I'm not lying. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not, lying. not a lie. Kind of the same problem I had the week before. I mean, not in a place where the game is readily available. Um,. Of course, the Bears-Vikings game was one of the more important games, so it's not like it wasn't on, it, it, you know, at bars everywhere. But I, I, I did want to find a place maybe that had the sound. So he told me there's this place called Seven Ten Beach Club in Pacific Beach, which Pat like grew up like four, or his mom lives like four blocks away now. I don't know if that's where he specifically grew up, but it's like right on the oh, beach. I, I've been to the Finley Beach House, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this place is like right uh, off the beach there, and uh, you know it was a little cool. But sun's out, you're on the beach. It was, uh, and this Bears bar, it was a Bears bar, and it was packed. I mean, they're singing the the fight song after touchdowns, the whole deal. Um, in fact, I gotta say, you know, I've been talking for a few weeks now about the prospect of a playoff game, about Bears playoff game in L.A. I mean, there are Bears fans. All over. We know that. Our, our listeners are from all, literally international, uh, all over the place. We hear from them every week. But I'm telling you, you know, Sunday there were jerseys. You're used to it. It's a Sunday. There were a lot of big games. There's fans walking around. But it was like all Bears fans, it seemed like, where, I, wa- where yeah. I was. And they're all over Southern California. Southern California, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think I was impressed by how many were actually up in Minnesota for for this game. Obviously, it was a playoff like game for the Vikings, but a, but a lot of Bears fans traveled up there. There's a lot of Bears fans that I think maybe live up there too. Yeah, don't forget how Chicago is kind of just everywhere. Yeah, they're you know, everywhere. We, we kind of are. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's it's the the Packers are a very similar uh, fan base and. They seem to be everywhere, and I, you know, I don't, I can't blame the fans for kind of going in. The reason I brought this up is because I think Bears fans have been in hibernation a little bit for good reason over the last few years, and it was just, you know, here here we are walking around Pacific Beach, California, and I'm, I'm telling you, Adam, it was like every third person walking by had a Cleo Mack jersey on. It, it, it was insane. It was like, are, are, is this really? Uh, is this Chicago just on the Pacific Ocean? Like it was really, it was really weird. Um, and by the way, at that bar, they call it uh, they call it Lake Pacific, not the Pacific Ocean. I think just like a play off of Lake Michigan. I don't really know, but apparently it's yeah. a, it's a famous thing that at halftime they all jump in the lake. Oh, wait, they really did that. Yeah, no, it's a thing they do. Uh, but it's it was. Did uh, you join? No, 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 no. I was trying to blend in. I, I you know, I, I, I have to imagine that there's at least a couple people listening to this podcast who may have actually been in that same bar Sunday. 
Because as soon as and, I, and now they're disappointed for not being able to say hi to you. Yeah, no, but I didn't, you know, I because I, I tweeted out a picture of the beach where I said I said this is the view of the today's Bears game, and at least four or five people immediately responded, "Hey, you need to go to the Seven Ten Beach Club." Of course, I was already in the Seven Ten Beach Club, but um, yeah, so people know about this place. Anyway, yes. shout out to the Seven Ten Beach Club. Thanks to Pat Finley for the recommendation because not only was it a good spot to watch the game, uh, and uh, but it, it, you know, my wife was with me, and we ended up spending the whole day up there. And it was just a great day. It felt a little bit more vacation-y there than in downtown San Diego, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's good. You're on the so, beach. Yes. You're, you're uh, doing it right. You're doing it right. Sun's out. Gun's out? No? Yeah. Um, I, you know, it was, we, we, it was sunny, but the weather wasn't. It was like 59, 60 degrees. So okay. I put shorts on, but I still had a sweatshirt on. Do you know what it was in Minneapolis? Um, a little bit cooler than 59. Yeah, yeah. Not as cold as we've experienced there, Adam, where you're yeah. literally your nose hairs are freezing. Not yeah. that bad. It's it, But it was, yeah. No, I know. Maybe 50 degrees cooler than that. Yeah. Well, I well, I, I had I was up there the week before, and we were actually able to go outside and do some things. Unlike the previous year when it was negative 10, and I'm trying to cook ribs on the grill, which was a bad idea, and it just took way too long. Um, <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Uh, thanks to Mark Carmen for filling in. You guys did a great job Sunday with the post game episode. I'm honestly happy to be home and ready to get back in the flow of the everyday grind here for, uh, what I think is going to be a longer run than just one week here in the playoffs for the bears. Uh, but it's an interesting matchup against the Eagles. I did want to share some, uh, a few thoughts on Sunday's game real quick, just cause I didn't get a chance to yet. Uh, and, and, and the, the biggest thought is just, I, I was, re- that was an impressive performance. Um, and I know a lot of the focus during the game was on the scoreboard and what was going on with the Rams and should Nagy pull guys out. And I, I, it seemed like you and I were a little less concerned with that whole deal. Um, you know, it, I, I kind of had to laugh because, first of all, this isn't college football. You can't just bring in a whole second string, third stringers out there uh, and pull everybody. There's just not enough bodies. <laughs> and, and right, me, what's that? What, there's a Brian Kelly picture with like three number fours behind them or stuff like you don't have three number fours on your team no you don't um and, and meanwhile they worked you know taking it easy with eddie jackson and al robinson going into the game they pulled kyle long who was on a pitch count uh obviously uh anthony miller had his shoulder pop back in and and he they held him out and then taylor gave so it's like it's not like they were being reckless the guys that needed to be pulled were getting pulled um, and meanwhile, it was another dominating performance. And what I made very clear on the podcast last week, I thought was you know the toughest road test of the year, and it they it it was impressive. I, I um you know going into the playoffs, I don't know how you can doubt this team now. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I like the the kill mindset, absolutely like that. And I I look back at it now, and I think a lot of outsiders, whether that's media analysts, pundits, whatever, fans even, were more obsessed with what the Rams were doing. We're more obsessed with the, the, the playoff scenarios. Matt Nagy kept the consistent. They, they had something to play for, even though it was kind of menial, um, especially by, by halftime. But he, he wanted to win. Literally said after the game, I love winning. Winning is fun. Yeah. It's why they do it. So I like the kill mindset. It's consistent with what they've built, with what Matt Nagy has established at Hallisall. So I, I was all for it. And look, that scenario of being able to eliminate your divisional rival, I don't think people uh, 
consider that more. Everybody was talking about the second seed, the Rams, home field advantage, you know, when the rest are starters. But the, the scenario of being able to eliminate your divisional rival with the Eagles up, I, I think was a factor. I, I really do. I think it's meaningful for a young team to have that there for them. It was playoff-like for them, a good experience all the way around, especially for your quarterback. Well, look, we've been running polls here and talking about it on the podcast uh, and which team you want to play. Um, and I, I've made it very clear. You know, I I think that the Bears are going to be fine against whoever they play in this round. Um, that being said, I I, I do agree I, I think that I think the Eagles are a tougher opponent here than the Vikings would have been. But I still what I think is most important though is that you kept things the same. You got to win. You kept the momentum going, and you didn't really need to mess with that. And they didn't. Um, it, in fact, it just kind of gave them an extra shot of confidence. Uh, and maybe you know I, I have a feeling if if they end up having to go to New Orleans in a couple of weeks and for the NFC Championship game, you know they can draw back on that experience in that loud stadium. And you were there, so you may, you, you give us a better idea how loud it actually was. But a U.S. Bank Stadium to me has been a great home field advantage for the Vikings, and they went in there and they and they whooped the Vikings' butt and and, and took out the crowd. So. Now they can maybe use that in a couple of weeks to their, you know, just in terms of confidence and know that, hey, they got that experience and maybe the Superdome doesn't seem as imposing. Dude, for Trubisky, it's everything. He needed that experience. He never had anything like that before. Are, are you kidding me? The, the, the Sun Bowl? I mean, that's his last <laughs> yeah. playoff-like game. That is not the same as going up to Minneapolis to play the Vikings with the, the, one of the top defenses in the league that is under pressure to get into the playoffs, right? They were a desperate football team. And your young quarterback went up there and put together a 16-play, 75-yard drive that lasted more than nine minutes. He answered a Vikings touchdown drive and then some made some big throws on third downs. And yes, it was deafening in there. Danny Trevathan called it stupid loud. <laughs> that is so valuable for Trubisky. So valuable. Yeah. So um, it seems like most people were upset in the moment. And then by the time the game was over, everybody was pretty much fine because it, it ended up working out. And I do think it'll end up uh, helping them. Now, um, as we kind of turn our attention towards a playoff game and, and the Philadelphia Eagles. It's an interesting matchup, but uh, l- let's start with the injury updates. You've been at Hallis the last couple of days. I'll get back there tomorrow. Um, you're in the locker room today. Just w- where is everybody at? It sounds like to me, just kind of following from where I was in California, though, that you know the Bears once again have done a pretty good job of managing everything, and they should be, for the most part, full go um, going into to Sunday's game. Yeah, they're optimistic. Look, is Eddie Jackson, Aaron Lynch, are they going to be a full strength? Is, is Anthony Miller going to be a full strength? No, but, but you know what? Allen Robinson and Taylor Gabriel will be pretty close to it. Their, their injuries are minor. Like You rested Allen Robinson again. You're, you're cautious with him again. And that's going to pay off here. I think it really is. But to get all those guys back in some capacity, even if Eddie Jackson, who is a Pro Bowl player when he's at his best, even if he's at like 85%, Use percentages. Look, he is still a difference maker for your secondary. Still a player for Nick Foles to be afraid of. It's all positive right now. It's all optimistic right now in terms of those injured guys. And it's just another example. You got Kyle Long, 
who they played on a pitch count, opened up a big hole for Jordan Howard, who, who's coming back, finding his form. And mm-hmm. you know what? If he's not up to par, you get Brian Witzman, who's actually been okay, better than serviceable in his absence. So the the injury situation, the Bears have handled so well this year, even when they were hurt, you know, with their game plans and, you know, who came in and filled in. It's just roster strength. They've handled this all well. But now you be optimistic about everybody coming back. So that, that's the vibe at Hallis Hall, optimism about the injuries. Yeah, and I would imagine that uh, Kyle Long will play the whole game on Sunday. Um, I, I liked how they handled well, that. Judging by his dance moves and clubbed up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I liked how they handled that. I mean, he had to get kind of get his feet under him. The game mattered, so you get him out there, you get him some reps. Um, now, I do have the, the, the downside of the whole Kyle Long thing being activated, um, the trickle-down effect of the roster moves, but our guy Willie Beavers is gone. I mean, this yeah. is de- this is devastating. <laughs> I actually talked to him for for a story. You did the the, the, the new guys at, at Alice Hall. He's one of the new guys. He, he or he was one of the new guys. He was <laughs> Willie, there Willie is, Beavers. The, the the roster turnover. It, it's been non-existent this year. As Isn't opposed that crazy? To like the past few years. It, the, the past few years, this would honestly happen that by like week ten. There would be people. There would be players walking in the locker room that I would, honest to God, be like, "Wait, who? I, I that guy's not on the team. <laughs> I've never yeah, seen that right. guy before." Yeah. And you're like, "Who is this guy on the practice squad?" It's just, but this year, it's it's all been. Uh, I mean, there have there just haven't been any roster moves. It's crazy. Yeah. Even guys like Josh Woods and Tanner Gentry have been on the practice squad all year, all year. I, a few I, you them. kind of forget Tanner Gentry's still on the team. Yes, yeah, yes, he is. That he is. Um, yeah, because they did. Uh, they did get Tyler Bray back on the practice squad, which was the plan. Uh, so, because he was on the fifty-three, he was cut when Kyle Long was activated. Um, but unfortunately, somebody had to come off the practice squad, and that was Willie Beavers. So, um, he had a good run. But, yes, yes, he did. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the clear cut. Number one problem with this team. You know, Lewis Riddick has been all over. He's totally on the Bears bandwagon. He's a great analyst for ESPN, and he did this uh, kind of long viral rant. What was that last week already? I'm getting so confused with days. Um, where he just kind of spontaneously said, the Bears are going to win the Super Bowl. This was with Mike Greenberg on, on that morning show. Um, but, you know, one thing I had to take issue with because he said, where is their weakness? There is no weakness on the entire team. And I agree with him, except for one thing. Kicker. It, it, it's, it is a huge weakness. And like just in this game on Sunday, you know, Josh Elliott, local kid from here, went to uh, LT, Lions Township, and it was available for the Bears. They didn't get him. And there's, they still have a kicker problem. You know, the Eagles are going to have an advantage this week in that one specific spot. But if it, it it has to have people on edge, though, the thought of a, a huge kick in the playoffs, and we know there's going to be one because it's just how it works. You you got to have a kicker in the playoffs. Well, Adam Vinatieri isn't Adam Vinatieri without the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> He's just uh, uh, another kicker who happens to kick forever. It seems like he has been in the league for what, fifty years now, or something like that. Well, yeah. Cody Parkey, it's it's a problem. I made sure to corner him in the the Hallis Hall locker room today, the Bears locker room. And look, he, he was cordial. He was happy. He was smiling. He says he's focusing on the positives. And look, that's what he's got to do. 
right now. He, he has 10 misses on the season. Three of those are extra points. Seven of those are, are, are field goals. Everyone should remember the, the missed game winner against or potential game winner against this former team, the Dolphins. Look, it, it hasn't been a, a good ride. I think the, the amazing thing is of it is that he hit the uprights for the fifth time this season yeah. um, against the Vikings. It's just uncanny. It's almost unbelievable. I think the absurdity of it is what makes things so frustrating for fans. Yeah, I mean, it is weird that five of the ten misses hit the uprights, but the problem is, and they've talked about this, I mean, his misses have all been kind of just drifting, you know, like fading away, and, and it's it's not like they were solid kicks that just happened to go off the upright because he aimed wrong. Like, he's he's clearly got an issue with keeping control of where the football's going, and yeah, it's yeah. just, it's... It's, it's just got to be a huge concern right now for Matt Nagy this week, checking in with the kicker. I'm sure he's going to go down to Soldier Field again, as he should, continue practicing there. But it's just – go ahead. I, I, I will say this. He he outright defended Parkey after the game, um, wanted to protect him a bit. He actually used the word protect. Uh, if you watch the play, it's a high snap. Patrick Scales did not have a good snap on that. So maybe his timing was off. But I, I thought Pat O'Donnell got the ball down and in time quick enough for Parkey to get his kick. But I, I made this comparison uh, on Twitter when, when I saw the the, 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 the ball hit the uprights again. I, it, it just seems to me, like on a lot of his extra point attempts, that uh, he takes out his nine iron. That's what I said on Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. When he should just be taking out his driver and just – Ripping it and ripping it. They seem to flutter a bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he, he lofts it. He wants to control it. It's just a football, man. Kick it. Look, I, I know it's difficult. Not a lot of guys could do what you're doing, but that's your job. That's what you're paid a lot of money to do. And it just doesn't seem to come off his foot right on those extra points. It just doesn't to me. Well, the reality of the situation is, I mean, you, you can't change things now. I mean, you're he, he's your kicker. Um, yep. and, and, but it's got to have fans. It's got to have the coaching staff just kind of nervous because that is the one clear weakness with this team right now. Um, what happens in the offseason? Well, that may depend a lot on what happens here in the playoffs with him. I mean, if he corrects things and hits a couple big kicks – you know, wins a playoff game with his leg, well, then he's not going to be going anywhere. But if if the season ends, and we kind of touched on this last week, if the season ends because of him missing a big kick, well, that's going to open the, a door wide open in the offseason for a potential change because it's just, it it's not, you're going to have to eat money, $3.5 million, but right now the return on investment hasn't been good either. And I think there's a former kicker who's going to be an unrestricted free agent. Yep. Kevin Butler. Kevin Butler, everybody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. Robbie Gold. Robbie I believe Gold. his contract is up. All right. Uh, another thing I wanted to sneak in here is the Vic Fangio situation. Um, reportedly will be interviewed by Denver and Miami. Broncos and Dolphins uh, interested. At least that's been out there so far. But really what I want to bring up is people seem to be really confused on the rules here. <laughs> when he can be interviewed, I, I, it's like nonstop. Uh, and the, 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 the most common question I get is, isn't he under contract? Yes. Vic Fangio is under contract, people. 
That contract does not matter if he gets offered a head coaching job. No, he, no promotions. He, absolutely not. Yeah, he's allowed to cancel the contract and go be a head coach. So the contract does not matter. He can't. It matters in that he can't be poached to be a defensive coordinator anywhere else. Uh, that was what was on the table last year before he re-signed with the Bears because he was a free agent. Um, but he... If he's offered a head coaching job, he can leave. All right, he's not allowed to do interviews this week. Uh, the the way it works is that teams that are on a first round bye, those assistants can can interview this week. Otherwise, uh, the teams that are playing this weekend they cannot be interviewed until next week, and it creates an interesting situation, specifically in Vic Fangio's case, because uh, I don't want to say the Bears were screwed, but they weren't exactly dealt the best case scenario with the scheduling, and that. They play the last game on Sunday, and if they win, they'll be playing Saturday night on the West Coast. Uh, it takes away a day, and so if you're somebody like Vic Fangio that needs to prep for an enormous playoff game, but also uh, you have two teams that want to interview you, well, you got to squeeze those into an already short week. Yeah. Now, Monday is typically um, a player's day off. I could see them maybe turning their Monday into a Tuesday where they do their, their film review of the former game. Or the previous game, I, I should say. So there, there could be an hour in there at, at yeah. night. But it's not. It's, go up to it's, Lake Forest. It's the players' day off. It's not the coaches' day off, though. Those right, right, right. Are... Yeah, yeah. Vic's already. You know, he, he's closing the book on one game, opening the the, the book on another. Um, it's what what he does, but. Um, well, I imagine yeah, the they're inter- not going to have a lot of time. Yeah, the I interviews will happen in Lake Forest. They, he's not going to be yes. flying they, to Denver. And no, they're coming here. They yeah. they have to come here. They yeah. absolutely have to come here. Um, I, I got one. I got a couple of thoughts on okay. this. Um, uh, you think others think that he's going to like just jump at the first job offer? I, I don't. I don't think he is. I really don't think he is. Not. not I, I don't think it's in the best interests of a sixty-something coach just to take the first opportunity that's handed to him. Now it will be his first, so the temptation is obvious. But this is a man who wants to win a Super Bowl. Is he going to get that in Miami, Denver, or Chicago first? Let me ask you that question. Uh, in, in Chicago, yeah. Yes, at, at least the best opportunity yeah. right now. Right now, with, yeah. With a game-changing defensive player uh, in in uh, Cleo Mack, with other pro ball players galore, one linebacker who's going to come into his own next year in Roquan Smith, um, a quarterback he even likes in Mitch Trubisky. Um, so, like, does he go to Denver? Yeah, he's got Von Miller. Sure. Look, he's got Chris Harris. Sure, sounds good. Derek Wolf's a good player, too, but, like, Case Keenum is my quarterback. You just fired your coach after two years, John Elway. How long are you going to be here? Like, good situation? I don't know. Like, what's going on? Like, does Vic Fangio also want to follow Adam Gase in uh, Miami? Doesn't that seem like a weird situation? That guy he used to be a staff member with under John Fox. So, look, I, I get the allure of your first opportunities, but knowing Vic, this is a guy who's going to look at every single scenario. Look, it's why he chose. The pa- the Bears over the Packers, right? Chose the Bears over the Packers. Aaron Rodgers, love you, but something's not right here. Yeah, and obviously he was right. So just just saying, Vic Fangio will think this through. Uh, well, uh, I'm sure he'll think it through. And yes, if he has multiple options, then he's. I would agree that he's going to avoid you know certain situations. And right now, those I would agree. You know, Denver, Miami, uh, Miami's proven to not be very stable. Uh, they hired a 
guy to coach up the quarterback and then didn't really get him a quarterback, and the guy he was supposed to be coaching was hurt. So that didn't seem like fair to Adam Gase, how that all played out. Uh, and they bailed on him awful quickly. And then in Denver, what's yeah, what's going on with John Elway? Is he going to be there after next year? I, I, that's not the safest job to take right now. But that being said, Vic Fangio has been coaching in the NFL since 1986, okay? Other than one year at Stanford in 2010, all right? He's 60 years old. He's made it very, very clear he wants to be a head coach. It's the opportunity he's been waiting for his entire coaching career, and it also comes with a very, very significant pay raise when you're a head coach. So yeah. it, it, I think he's doing okay as a DC, though. Might be the highest paid coordinator in the league. Right, but this idea this idea that the Bears can just outbid anybody to keep him here um, is just a little naive. And, and I think it's a little naive to just think that he should stay here just because he's got a good team. Um, well, here's the thing. I, I think he considers situations. I, I really do. And you know what? If, if the Bears defense is good next year, guess what? There's, on average, six or seven openings every year. He could go through the, the, the motions again. I mean, Josh McDaniels literally spurned the Colts, right? Made himself look yeah. awful as a candidate. And here he is back on the head coaching circuit. So, yeah, but, but he's also been getting interview after interview after interview every year. Vic has not been. It's actually been unbelievable the lack of interviews he's been getting. Honestly, it's kind of remarkable if he only gets two interviews out of this situation. Maybe there'll be more, but it's the opportunities haven't necessarily been there. So if he gets offered the job, I just I don't see how he turns it down. Now that being said, there seems to be this assumption that he's going to be offered a head coaching job. I don't know that I agree with that. There, there's a, there's so many factors that go into this and variables. I mean, one is, first of all, just the trend right now to to hire young offensive minds. It's the opposite of what Vic Fangio is. Now, now that doesn't right. mean every team's going to do that. Uh, like Steve Wilkes did get the job in, in Arizona last year. but That lasted long. Right, exactly. But, but it, So he doesn't fit the ideal um, like kind of mold right now. And also, you know, what what ends up happening with the Bears here could make it more difficult for him to get in a position to actually get an offer. Uh, a lot of times, in fact, it's kind of rare that, um, that like, Josh Daniels is even in that situation last year where he was going all the way to the Super Bowl and sort of had a handshake agreement, and then it fell through. Like, that's even more reason to avoid waiting that long because you're waiting all the way into February. Uh, and then the list of candidates are is is you know basically well, gone. Well, it affects your it affects your staff too. Right. right. Yeah. Right. They're 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 lucky that the the, the Eagles still had you know John D. Filippo and um, was he gone by then? No, he wasn't gone by then. But they no. still had John D. Filippo and Frank Reich on their staff. Yeah. You know, for the Super Bowl. So it, you look at the Kyle Shanahan situation. You know the the Forty ers were willing to wait that out. Were they not after Atlanta? Yeah. Yeah, they were. So, look, if you like your guy, you're, you like your guy. But the, the risk of that is uh, having your guy be negatively affected in terms of building his staff. There's, there's going to be a lot of back-channeling going on. I don't know how much Vic Fangio's into to back-channeling these days, but I mean, that's how he, he would have to build a staff. Or he really would. I mean, no, he knows a lot of people. Around the league, don't get me wrong, but you know, teams settle their staffs. So a lot of teams like to have their staffs in place yeah. by the Senior Bowl. Well, and you know, also, and that's, and that's before the Super Bowl. He'd probably be taking a lot of the Bears staff too, 
because you know, like Ed Donatel's been with him. Um, you know, he'd be he'd make a lot of sense, right, to be the defensive coordinator right away for wherever he went. Even That's if true. even if Vic's calling the plays, you know, it, it would make sense for so. But you're well, right. The question for Vic is who's his offensive mind? It's really it. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't. I mean, so anyway, let's wait and see how this all plays out. I guess my official stance on this is if he's offered a job, he not only do I think he will take it, but he absolutely should take it. That being said, I don't necessarily know or think that he's going to be offered a job here. So I don't think it's a foregone conclusion, everybody, that Vic Fangio is gone. Um, but it is obviously a huge story that we're going to be watching very, very closely over this month because he, I, just Prince, I know Prince Amukamara was asked the question today, how big of a hit would it be if Vic left? And he was like, man, I don't even want to think about that. Um, and you could just tell the players would be devastated if they lost him. So uh, it, it would be big. It would be. It would be. He's one of the best defensive minds in, in, really, really in all the league. Is, is it overdue? Yes, but yeah, we'll have to see how, how things play out. I, I'm, I'm sure it's not. It'll be interesting to talk to him actually on Thursday. Um, I'm sure someone will bring up the idea about the Broncos and the Dolphins. Sure, um, absolutely. Well, uh, of course, we will uh, preview you know it, the game in depth on Thursday. But any initial thoughts before we get out of here on just this matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles? Yeah, I, I think the Bears have opened as the largest favorite. Of all the playoff games, am I, am I right in saying that you are? All the, the all the spreads are right around two and a half, and the Bears were up at six and a half. Six, yeah, yeah. How about that? So the Eagles could play; they could put those silly dog masks on again and, and play that role again. But uh, I just think it speaks to how good the Bears are playing right now. Best defense in the league, and if you look at the stats, like they're on par with like the 2013 Seahawks. In the 2015 Broncos, in terms of a team that's capable of using their defense to go all the way, absolutely. Uh, and I, I said this a couple of weeks ago, but I think there's a lot of resemblance between this Bears team and that Eagles team last year. Uh, and, and the defense is even better than what the Eagles had. So um, I just right now that's the big equalizer, and and so the Eagles. I do think it's a factor. Yeah, they play that underdog thing. Yeah, they're on a roll here. I think they've won four out of five games, right? Uh, three in a row. And this Nick Foles thing, there's a lot of magic there. <laughs> and and he's proven to a lot of people that um, he should probably be a starting quarterback in this league somewhere if it's not in Philadelphia. So those are all factors, and they're real. But you still, you look at the matchups, and you're like, this Bears defense, like I kind of expected them to slip up a little bit last week going into Minnesota, and they just didn't. They just yeah. were utterly dominating, and 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 they're going to be back at Soldier Field. The crowd's going to be crazy. The the air raid siren's going to be going off the the entire game. So there's really just no reason to think that the that the Bears aren't going to just continue to dominate on that side of the football. Obviously, the question mark on offense, but. If, if people aren't paying attention, Mitch Trubisky's been great the last couple of weeks, especially on third down. Yeah, absolutely. The money down, as he calls it. And, and they'll look now. But Jordan Howard's coming off his best game of the year. They, 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 it's kind of like they saved him for the right time. <laughs> you know, if, if Matt Nagy had some type of secret Mark Tressman plan where he planned everything out, yeah. this was part of it. I, I, I'd give him all the credit in the world, but it's it's something. It, you know, it, it maybe just played out this way, but 
Guys, Jordan Howard is fresh. He is fresh, which, which is crazy to think. Here we are going into week 18 of the NFL season. <laughs> so take that and think about that for a little bit. That's right. Well, he's, he's pushed, it seems like, every button correctly uh, this year. And that's why I think he should be easily the coach of the year in the NFL. Um, so you get yeah, yeah, there's like no question about it, right? Like, uh, yeah. I get the arguments for Frank Reich. I get the arguments for Anthony Lynn. I, I get it. But like what Matt Nagy did, this is absurdly good as opposed to what everyone else has accomplished. Just the, it's the best, best work in the NFL by far. Well, I think I saw something today that he's. He's got the most wins for a first-year coach among all active coaches right now. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... Take been, that and think about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so take that and think about that for a little bit. Um, all right. Well, uh, we will save the rest of the uh, the breakdown analysis on uh, on the actual matchups and uh, the game uh, for Thursday's episode. We'll be back the normal routine. Everybody will be back. Joe will be here. Be uh be good to to, to kind of get back to to normal in that regard um, for Thursday's episode. Uh, but otherwise, I think it's going to do it for tonight. I'm tired. I'm ready to go to I'm bed. I'm tired too. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I got to rest. I get up. over this cold. <laughs> Everybody's sick. It's unbelievable. It's, it's unbelievable. Hey, hey, Northwestern had a play Matt Nagy would like. What's that? Last what night. was it called? Uh, it was actually it was called Muddle. Muddle and. Oh. You, did you see this where they threw it to the offensive lineman? No, I missed it. But it was like from thirty-four yards out or something like that. It was it was <laughs> it wasn't at the goal line, so they took the they took their guard and put him in a motion, and he was jumping up and down like, "Hey, I'm wide open, I'm wide open," and the, he caught the eye of the defense, Utah's defense. And the funny thing about that is he was actually ineligible, so they couldn't even throw it to him. And meanwhile. Uh, him going in motion made the other offensive lineman, Trey Clock, who's who was in there as like the sixth offensive lineman, eligible, and he caught the ball and then ran it in for a touchdown. Wow, I have to see this play. It was it was good. It was good stuff. Yeah, yeah. a bunch of trickery. Love it. Love when big men are involved. But it didn't have like a cool name like Oompa Loompa or Santa Slay or anything like that. No, model is cool. It works. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we will get out of here and. Uh, Enjoy it. It's playoff week, everybody. Yeah, happy New Year, everybody. A little bit of a different vibe at House Hall the last couple days. Yeah, happy new Bears team. <laughs> happy new Bears team. Uh, looking forward to getting back there tomorrow, and we'll talk to you on Thursday as we preview the game against the Eagles. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Read us at WGNRadio.com slash Bears, ChicagoSunTimes.com. Please rate and review the podcast. Search Hogan Johns on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, tune in wherever you listen to your podcast. It's there. We appreciate you doing that. All right, Johnsy, let's go get some sleep. I'll yeah, see, I'll good see to you have tomorrow. you back, my friend. It's good to be back. All right, everyone, we will talk to you on Thursday. Do your research.